stand to our feet and welcome right now great woman of God, Kimberly Love. Come on, I can't hear you. Come on. and partying all day in Jesus. Wow. Well, I have to say, it is just an absolutely, you can take your seats, you can take your seats. I am, I mean, I'm going to talk to you for a minute before I get into the serious business that I'm here for, but it is just an absolute privilege, honour, and I am humbled by the opportunity to be here your founding pastors, Apostle Mike and Joy, are absolute kingdom heroes of mine. And I say that from the bottom of my heart. You know, when Mike first came to minister at our church a few years ago, it was like the veils were stripped back and I could see clearly. And they've come back year after year, and I just think they are giants and champions in the faith. They're coming to run our Freedom Conference next month, which we are so excited about. And so to be asked by Dave and Kate, Pastors Dave and Kate, to come and minister in this church is just a great honour for me. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> something wrong Okay, and um, I'm absolutely loving hanging out with Pastor Dave and Kate. How fun are they? They're like mini Mike, right? <laughs> We've got like a mini Mike and fireball woman of God by his side, Kate. Oh, incredible, just such a beautiful couple, but with hearts of real purity and fiery devotion to the Lord, and that is always refreshing to be around and a joy. It's been a joy for me to spend time with them. So Friday night, ladies, did we enjoy the night? <laughs> Wasn't it fun? Who would have thought that you can get people to receive Jesus through fashion? Oh, who would have thought? What a fun job. What a fun job presenting the gospel in garments. Amazing. Guys, don't be too jealous. We're going to show you a little snapshot of what happened on Friday night in just a moment. But I also, God has given me a word to speak into this house and I share it with the fear of the Lord, knowing that I'm in a house where prophecy flows freely and the gifts of the Spirit move powerfully. But God showed me a picture, and I know there was an earthquake in this region many, many years ago. And God has given me a picture of the shifting and shaking of like tectonic plates in the spirit in this region. And some of the instability that happens during those times, things that feel stable, suddenly you feel like you're sinking and everything can seem to be shifting. And I saw that during these times of shaking and shifting, God's all about setting our feet on foundations. He's all about setting our feet on foundations. And I see that during this shaking and shifting that's been happening in this church, in this region, actually, that the Lord is all about setting our feet in this house on clear foundations. I saw a very strong foundation of praise that God is just establishing as a rock solid, already established foundation of this house. I saw a very strong foundation of power that God has established. I saw a foundation of peace, a strong foundation of peace that the Lord wants you to understand his sovereignty, that he reigns in this house. And I heard the scripture in worship this morning that this is a house where the words spoken in the book of Acts are coming to pass. What a delight. Let's just read from them. Here we go. 
that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And I saw that your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young man will see, see visions and your old men will dream dreams. This is a house for the old and the young. The young will be prophesying. The young will be having dreams, but old men, old women will be dreaming fresh dreams. We'll be dreaming afresh. The foundations of this house is for the old and the young. The spirit is moving afresh through every single generation in this house. And if you don't mind, I'd like to pray for your pastors, for Pastor Dave and Kate. Would you mind coming up? if that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I want you to stretch out your arms with me if that's okay. You know, the other night when we were getting ready for the dress rehearsal, we thought Kate was going to have to wear one of the garments. And um, <laughs> she was horrified. I was secretly excited, and so I've heard she never wears dresses, but she did on rehearsal night. We had to slip her in to the beautiful garment of dignity. You're going to see it in a moment, and she looked like an absolute princess. And, you know, I actually couldn't get the vision out of my head of her dressed in that garment, and this is what the Lord said to me, Kate, that God has uh, established you and called you with a scepter of righteousness in your arms and you are clothed in strength and in dignity. This is a scepter that will be recognized by true sons and daughters of God. It won't be seen by everyone and you don't need to worry about that. But the scepter that the Lord has given you will be seen and recognized by all the sons and daughters that he is calling under your leadership. You're not to worry about the ones that don't recognize it and don't see it because the ones that need to see it will see in full the scepter that God has given you to lead, to reign, to care for the sons and daughters of God and to point their eyes towards heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And God and Dave, for you, I actually had a vision of you digging in the foundations. I saw you like digging, trying to get to pipes that had been blocked up and in the muddy ground, actually, of this house. And I saw it was getting hard. <laughs> and I saw that, you know, at times you were sweating as you were digging away. But then I had a picture of Jesus. And Jesus actually had his sleeves rolled up. And he was digging with you. He was actually digging with you. He wasn't separate from you. He wasn't apart from what you were doing. He was getting his arms dirty as well. Right in the foundations and in the ground of this house, digging for fresh streams, joining pipes together that have become disconnected, re-establishing the foundations. And so, God, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for that you are with Dave, in this digging, Father, God, I thank you, Lord, that the time will come for the end of this season, Father God. And God, I thank you, Father, for refreshing and your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so the last part of this picture I had of this shifting and shaking was that God was working on these foundations and then there was a lifting and I saw a city on a hill, a city on a hill where God had been working in the foundations in the ground after a shifting and a shaking and then a lifting with strong foundations as a city on a hill. The other thing I saw in this picture was that in the shifting, some people, your shoelaces have come undone. Let me explain myself. <laughs> but, but I saw in some of the just shaking that can go on in church life that your shoes of the gospel have become loose. Your shoelaces have become undone. Your shoes are a bit loose. And I believe the Lord is wanting you to take a moment and do up your shoelaces. Take a moment to attend to the shoes of the gospel that are on your feet, that you would stand firm in order that the gospel is declared in this region, that you would stand firm in order that the gospel is advanced in this region and actually in the nations because you are a house that has been sent to the nations of this world. 
that you would stand firm. Today at the close of the service as we pray, if that word has applied to you and your shoes have become loose, your shoes of the gospel, your boldness to declare the good news, your boldness to declare that the Lord Jesus is your saviour, your commitment to advance the gospel, I, I want to pray for your feet. <laughs> I want to pray for your feet with a reshotting of the shoes of the gospel of peace. Amen? So good. All right. I just had to get that out. Okay. <laughs> now, um, I, Kate and Dave have asked me to show you a little snapshot of what we did last night with the women. And, you know, it's about fashion, but it's actually a message that I share actually in many countries now about how we're clothed on the inside and the state of our spiritual clothing what we look like on the inside spiritually. And I like to bring that to life in fashion because the Lord wants to use every instrument that's in the world for his glory. Amen. So I like to bring that to life with fashion. And so we did that on Friday night. And as you've heard, we had 30 women respond to the gospel, which was so exciting. But we're going to give you a snapshot here. And yes, it's dresses. But men, I read poetry throughout this presentation. And perhaps the words just might apply to you. I'm focusing in this presentation on four qualities of the gospel, of, of the clothing that Christ gives to us when we receive him. Four items of spiritual clothing. There's actually many. There's probably over 20 items of spiritual clothing that the Word of God speaks about. But this presentation is based on four of those items of clothing, and I hope you enjoy it. So I'm now presenting, I call it, the Invisible She Collection. Presenting the garment of strength. You can give Rutendo a round of applause. <laughs> Beautiful, brave, tender and true. She stands upon waves, wearing blue. Clothed not in the strength of a self-made kind, but in the strength that the broken find. Woven by threads that form through fire, custom made to lift her higher, to rise through adversity, courageous, and strong through the days, months, or years when all seems wrong. She sets her mind on a bright blue sky, refusing to drown in asking why. As winds are raging and waves beat on, she wraps herself in the beauty of strong. With each rising, the garment is formed leaving behind clothes that are worn. Fear, weakness and sorrow fall at her feet as she chooses to wake from her sleep. Mother, sister, daughter, dressed in blue, clothed in strength, awake, renew. Presenting Liesl in the garment of dignity. Come on, give her a clap.
diamonds in the dust of the ground where many say value is never found, tried, tested and tempered by the climates of life, shaped and clarified through struggle and strife. Can beauty be found where no one can see, when rejection brings us to our knee, in the places we are cast aside, the places where character is refined? True worth is never tested when the lights are on, but when the soul awakes to the night song. Worth unchanging through glory and shame, she wears her garment just the same. She knows her value and wears it well, dressed in dignity wherever she dwell. Let rejection and shame fall at her feet, for diamonds shine as she walks the street. Aaliyah in the cloak of courage. When your weary heart cries and you want to sit down and the noise all around can cause you to drown and all you want is to cover the pain, to hide from the light, step out of the game. There is a weave that will cause you to rise that will open your, lift your spirit and open your eyes. Made for the timid, the trembling and weak, made for the bold, the brave and the meek. Made with a fabric delicate but strong. Made for your one beating heart to put on. To move through the ashes of broken dreams. To stand up strong when loneliness screams. For courage will help you stand up brave, to face the light, to leave the cave, to walk with strength, increasing strides, cloaked in courage, turning tides. Courage is needed to unlock gold, the beauty within, the story untold. Courage is needed to run your race, to face your giants, to take your place. So take up this cloak in the midst of pain, in the midst of trembling, of trouble, of blame, and walk through the ashes for a phoenix does rise in the cloak of courage with hope in her eyes. <laughs> Our final garment. <laughs> this is Kathy. She's a surprise entry this morning. She's our wild card. <laughs> She's wearing the garment of love. Created to wear a garment of love, a reflection of what is found above, to love and be loved, the most beautiful crown, layers of love, the ultimate gown. But this love is born on a battleground where conflict and strife tear at our gown. Our love can grow cold and our sight grow dim. Hatred and fear threaten to win. But this garment awaits a woman strong, 
a woman that discerns right from wrong, a woman who forgives and lets go of pain, a woman that yields to a different reign, a reign of love and a reign of grace, a reign that cleanses and covers mistakes. For the layers of this gown heal the pain. The weave of love breaks the chain. Love's many layers transform our surrounds and guard our heart when darkness abounds. So slip off hatred, rejection and fear and put on this garment that is always near. Know you are loved and wear it bold, this garment that will never grow old. Love others well and the game will change. For when all else fails, love remains. So beautiful, amazing. Well, why don't you take a bow, ladies? <laughs> Give them all a round of applause. So wonderful, so wonderful. Thank you, amazing. <laughs> wow. So there it is. Men, did you enjoy that? <laughs> it's the first time I've done it in main church. <laughs> so I'm hoping that it spoke to you as well. And, you know, each one of those garments was really, those poems was articulated out of a personal journey of learning to put on God's word, learning to put on the garments that God gives us. And I end with the garment of love and I have strong poetry around it because I do believe that there is an attack on the earth today, an attack even in the church of cold love. You know, in the last days, the Lord said that the love of many will grow cold. And so there is a war on for our garment of love. It's like one of those crazy clothing sales where people are trying to rip clothes off you. <laughs> and we have an enemy that through challenges, through adversity, would rip the love off us. And we need to be strong as believers, strong in the word, strong in our relationship with Christ to wear and continually wear that garment of love. And with all of those garments and every garment that the Lord gives us, it's a daily putting on. Just like we put on our own clothes on a daily basis, we put on the garments of God's word, the garments of the gospel every single day. And so I encourage you and I exhort you to put on and fight to wear that garment of love. No matter what the enemy throws at you, it is perhaps one of the most powerful items of spiritual clothing you could ever wear. Okay, so... Pastor Dave and Kate, are you wanting me to transition into... Uh, can you give me a bit of an indication of timing? Yeah. Because <laughs> we can flow or I can begin a new message. Flow, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so with this garment of love that I referred to and the war that's on this garment, as we learn to apply it and put it on and in the message bible it says over all these things all these qualities that god gives us all the qualities and there's many right all the garments there's strength there's dignity there's power there's compassion there's kindness there's gentleness there's joy there's truth there's splendor every one of these qualities is mentioned in the word where we're exhorted to clothe ourselves but the word also says that above all above all of these garments put on love it is your basic all-purpose garment the message reads in colossians never be without it it is your basic all-purpose garment never be without it love changes your countenance church love makes you look beautiful to those around you it doesn't matter what else is going on. If you can choose love, you're in the best outfit you can possibly be in. 
You know, I remember my son, Harry. We, do you have the voice in New Zealand? You do, okay. We have the voice, and we have one judge in Australia, Delta Goodrum. Do you know her? Okay, so her outfits were amazing, right? And it was nearly my 40th birthday, and I was watching her outfits all the time, thinking, what am I going to wear for my 40th? And I was thinking, gosh, she's so gorgeous. And my little son said to me, Mum, you're way more beautiful than her. Oh, and I thought, well, I don't know about that. But to him I was, because I love him. I love him. Love beautifies us and makes us beautiful to those around us. You know, there's often war in the spirit realm. There's war in our families. There's war in churches. There's war that goes on. We don't live, we haven't arrived in heaven. We live on a battleground. I mean, you've got Apostle Mike Connell as your apostle, you know that, right? <laughs> so we live, we live on a battleground. But I just wonder, what if the enemy's not really going after your stuff? He's not necessarily going after your relationships. What if he's really going after the love? What if he's really going after the love that lives inside of your heart, which is really what is going to reveal Christ to this world? It's interesting, isn't it, that Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard our heart. What resides in our heart, church? What resides in our heart? The capacity to love, to receive love from God, and to give love. It's love. It's love. The love of God resides in our heart. The love of God is what God exhorts us, is the supreme commandment. The supreme commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And the second is like it. To love others as you would love yourself. The supreme commandment. And so what if... In all the fuss and all the shenanigans, <laughs> I found this is a word Dave and I share, the shenanigans that go on in life, what if in all these things the enemy's trying to steal your love? The Lord did warn us, church. He warned us. He said in the last days the love of many will grow cold. He didn't say only outside of the church didn't. He just said the love of many will grow cold. Today, I want to pray for a fire of the love of God to fill this house, to fill our hearts. I want us to learn to guard the love that lives inside of us, to guard our love for people, to be quick to forgive to be patient with those around us because we all know that the first quality of love is love is patient. Oh, my God, goodness. Isn't that crazy? Love is patient. We need to guard the love that lives inside of our hearts, church, that we may accomplish all that the Lord has for us. So this is what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you... <laughs> In the last, what, 10, 15 minutes? 10 minutes. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a five-minute summary of the message I was going to preach, <laughs> which is a 40-minute message. But I'm going to give you a five-minute summary because it's connected. But I needed to share that. I needed to share that. I'm going to give you a five-minute summary, and then we're going to minister. We're going to pray for people that have never received Christ as their Lord and Saviour, to receive him today because he floods our heart with his love, the love of our Father in heaven, and he empowers us to love the world around us. And then I'm going to pray for people who feel to respond to this message, perhaps one of the garments you need to apply. You need to apply strength instead of weakness, dignity instead of worthlessness.
courage instead of fear and shrinking back or love instead of bitterness, resentment, maybe hatred, perhaps fear. And we're going to see how this connects with what the Lord was speaking to me about in the message that I plan to preach today. So the message I was going to share this morning is a message titled, How Well Is Your Well? And it's a story, it's a very obscure story in the Old Testament about Caleb's daughter. Her name is Axor. Have you ever heard of her? Oh, this is what happens everywhere I preach this message. Incredible, right? Okay, so her name is Axor. And what happens with Axor? Axor uh, Caleb promises his daughter to one of his warriors who's successful in battle. He says, if you win this battle and attack this place, I'll give you my daughter. And so he gives his daughter Axor to one of the warriors. And then he also gives her a, a piece of land as part of her inheritance. Now, the problem with this piece of land that he gives her is that it's a dry land, an arid land. And Axor is very smart. She's very intelligent. And I actually believe she's a prophetic picture of the call upon the church today. Because the church exists in a land that's hostile to the gospel. The church, all of us, live out our callings and vocations in somewhat dry and arid lands. Let's see what Axor does. She says, Okay, then it came about when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. She alighted from her donkey and Caleb said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, give me a blessing. Since you have given me the land of Negev, which is a dry land, give me springs of water. So Caleb gave her upper springs and lower springs. So Axor didn't complain about her inheritance, that it was dry and difficult. She didn't ask to swap her land. She was a smart woman and she asked for springs and streams of living water in the midst of the land she was given. And for us, church, God calls each of us in the midst of a land that can be hostile to his son. He calls us to get off our donkey. The um, Old Testament commentator says to alight off our ass. That's what it says. Arthur Ritchie. Arthur Ritchie, Old Testament commentator, many, many years ago. I'm quoting now, right? He says, the vocation can be hard, sometimes unendurable. Never mind. Light down off the ass and pray for a blessing. Caleb's daughter did not ask her father to exchange the field. She asked him for something beside the water. Okay. And he gave her both the upper and the lower springs. And this is significant, church. And ultimately, those springs watered the land, right? Ultimately, those springs made the dry land spring forth flowers to come alive and for all of us, church, we don't complain about our lands. We get off, off our donkey and we ask our Father for water. We ask for springs. And our Father, who is faithful and loves it when we pray, He loves to answer our prayer in fun and mysterious ways, like giving us springs in dry lands. And so her Father says to her, I'm not just going to give you a spring. I'm giving you the upper springs and the lower springs. The upper springs and the lower springs. And you know, to me, the upper springs speak of the times of revival, of outpouring. You have them in this church. You have mighty apostles that come in and bring the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, you go to conferences where the upper springs are flowing like crazy. There are times of outpourings, of corporate blessing, of corporate anointing. But I tell you, I've been around long enough to know that the upper springs are not enough. You need the upper springs. 
You need the upper springs, but you need the lower springs. My friends have visited Israel, and what they've been astounded by is the amount of wells in that place that sustain and catch the water that comes during the time of outpouring and keeps it for the dry seasons, the difficult seasons. And so, in the last few minutes of this message, (laughs) which I hope I've encapsulated well, um, these lower springs really speak of our devotional life, church. They speak of our own intimate relationship with the Lord, our own prayer time, where we are digging the wells, establishing the wells, cleaning out the wells of our heart, where we're being watered by the Word of God over and over again. And listen, to sustain these lower springs, we need to keep our well well. We need to keep our well well. Otherwise, we're going to be a bit of a mess. We're going to be thirsty. We're going to have dirty water. We're going to end up unclean. It is not good. It is a crisis when you've got wells that are polluted, covered over, or empty. So we need to keep our well well. How do we do this? First, like the Samaritan woman who was at a well, she drank from the life of Jesus Christ. She invited Jesus into her life and he established the well of true life inside of her heart. And for some of you here this morning, you are going to do that and you're going to be blown away by the clean water that starts to bubble forth in your own heart. The second thing we do is water it with God's Word in our Bible reading, in our connect groups, in our prayer time, in our devotion. The third thing we need to do is unblock the well. And some of you are going to do some unblocking here today. The well can get blocked up with rocks of unbelief, with rocks of resentment, of bitterness, of hurt, offence, maybe rocks of pride, maybe idolatry. We don't want to let go of certain things. The Lord wants to unblock our wells so the water is pure and clean and flowing. We sanitize the well. The cross makes bitter water sweet. When Jesus died on the cross, he died to sanitize your well, the well of your life, over and over. And some of you need to come to the cross this morning and have your inner well sanitized. And lastly, to keep a well healthy, I studied this, can you believe? You need to cover the top of a well. We don't cover it completely so others can't draw water out, but it's covered so dirt and rock don't come in and pollute it. This is about guarding our heart, guarding the goodness that's in our heart, guarding the presence of the Lord that's in our heart, guarding this love that is resident in our heart from the dirt, the rocks and the muck of this life. Are you ready to do that with me today? Are you ready to do that with me today, church? If you are, I want you to stand up. Come on, church. We are going to be like walking wells here in this region of New Zealand, walking wells of life, walking wells of clean water, walking wells of love, walking wells of the Holy Spirit, walking wells of power, walking wells of praise, walking wells of goodness. you Jesus just as every head is bowed and every eye is closed I just before anything else because this is always the priority of Jesus I just want to ask if there's anyone here today that has never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior perhaps you're like the woman that sat at the well that didn't know that Jesus had the living water the real water for your life. And today, you can sense a drawing by the Holy Spirit to invite Jesus to come and live in your life and begin a relationship with God. 
your heavenly Father. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if that is you here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and as your Saviour, and you can feel the Holy Spirit calling you to come into relationship with Him today, to know your Heavenly Father. I want you to just quietly slip up your hand so I can see you. It's between you and the Lord. Who is there today that has never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? This is all new to you. Your heart's beating loud. It's beating against your chest. You're thinking, is she talking to me? Is this for me? Well, it's actually the Holy Spirit talking to you, wanting you to invite him to come into your life. Who is that today? Who is that that has never received Christ as your Lord and as your Saviour? Perhaps you're here today and you've been away from Jesus. Perhaps you knew him as a young person, even as a young adult, but maybe your well got polluted until it wasn't even functioning anymore. Maybe the stuff of this world came in, the worries, the cares, the demands, concerns, until all of a sudden you're just living in the world like everyone else, there's no water flowing. If you've been away from the Lord and you know you need to return to Him today, can you also lift up your hand so I can see you? Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sir. Who else is there? Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. So exciting. So wonderful. Wonderful. Lastly, church, and this is important. When you know God, you know God. It's not an uncertain thing. It's not a, oh, maybe I'll go to heaven when I die thing. You know God and you know where you are spending eternity. You know that you have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus, that you are a child of God. And if all the lights faded on this world, that you would walk into eternity. As every head is bowed, if you have any doubt about your salvation or where you would spend eternity and you are wanting that assurance, and that certainty today, I also want you to lift up your hand so I can personally pray with you after this service. If you need assurance that you are saved, that you are a child of God, and you are crossing into eternity at the moment you die, you are going to heaven to be with your Father. If you need that assurance, I also want you to lift your hand so I can pray with you. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, thank you, honey. Wonderful, thank you, thank you, thank you, girls. Very important, so good, really good, wonderful. So what we're gonna do now, I'm gonna ask your pastor, Dave, to come back up. And I think we should invite the people who responded to that altar call, yeah. So there were many people here today that responded to that call to rededicate your life to Christ, to get the well flowing again and also ones that responded to the call for assurance of complete salvation. What I'd like you to do now is the church is in a posture of prayer and worship. I'd like you to come down upon the altar. Come on, let's give them a big clap this morning as they respond. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, honey. another group of people I just want to pray for as well and I just want to speak to the men just for a few moments men one of the big garments that people put on is the garment of rejection a religious garment come to church and behave on the outside look like a, a spiritual person but on the inside you're in pain rejection is a big garment that people put on. And I can see it when somebody puts on the garment of rejection. When people, when things don't go as you thought, you start feeling or experiencing failure in a part of your life, it's a, rejection is like a garment. It's like a heavy jacket that 
gets put on top of people, especially men. And I know that there's men here today, you, cho- you choose to pick that thing up. And when you wear it, I can see it. And it's a choice to wear it, and it's a choice to put it off. Some men here today, you're wearing the garment of failure. Maybe you've tried things, you, there's things that you're aware of, of your own self that you, you've failed in a part of your life. And because you've experienced parts of, of, of failure, you think yourself rejected. It is a, it's a jacket, it's a, a coat that you put on. As long as you wear that jacket, as long as you wear that cloak, it stops you from walking into the fullness of what God has for you. The truth is that you're not a failure. The truth is you're not rejected. The lie is you are. The moment that you come into an agreement with that, you put that thing on and it becomes a heaviness around your soul. You you end up sitting at the back of church or not coming to church at all. And you invite demons around your life. My encouragement to you today, men, if you are wearing that garment of apathy, if you are wearing the garment of rejection, if you are wearing the garment of failure, you need to make a choice right now. You need to get that thing out of your wardrobe. The problem is this. The problem is this. You come to a deliverance meeting, you take off the jacket and you put it into your wardrobe. The moment that you have a bad day, you go back to the wardrobe and you put that flipping thing back out again. Men, get it out of your wardrobe. Get rejection out of your wardrobe. Get failure out of your wardrobe. Just get it out. Get apathy out of your wardrobe. Just burn the thing today. Men, I am challenging you today. Man the heck up. Get up here and get that thing off your wardrobe. Or stay there and live with it. Come on, men. We're going to sing one more time. We've got ladies here that have responded, but I want you men to shake that thing off your life and get it out of your wardrobe today. Come on. We're going to sing one more time. Lift your hands. Men, you need to respond. Come on. like a garment. It's like a garment of shame. Sin is like a yoke. It's like a heavy yoke that gets over people's lives. Today as we pray, do business between you and the Lord. Do it for your life. Do it for your destiny. Do it for your family. Do it because you don't need to carry this stupid thing. Do it because Jesus has made a way. Lift your hands.
Follow me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I can't hear you. Heavenly Father, I come boldly before you today. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to break the yoke of sin off my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you carried my rejection so that I did not need to carry it. I thank you, Jesus, you carried my sin so that I did not need to carry it. I thank you, Jesus. Come on, I thank you, Jesus. You carried my failure so that I don't need to carry it. Today, Jesus, I come before you. I take off the yoke of sin. I take off the garment of rejection. I get it out of my wardrobe and out of my house today. Come on, I can't hear you. I get it out of my house today. Today, Lord Jesus, I put on the garment of salvation. I put on the robe of righteousness. I put on the garment of praise. I lift off the spirit of heaviness today. Today, Jesus, I respond to you. I put it out of my house. Today, I thank you. I've got a new wardrobe in my life today. Jesus, I thank you today that your blood sets me free and that your blood makes me clean. Today, I honor you and I give you praise today. Amen. I can't hear you. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let every yoke of heaviness, let every yoke of rejection be lifted off today in Jesus' name. Father, let the spirit of faith arise in our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, all God's people said, Amen. I can't hear you. All God's people said, Amen. 